0: Hey everyone, Karen here, with a little note before we start. <laughs> as you can probably tell, I am plugged up from a cold. It's been a crazy month with you know, work craziness and allergies and stuff like that, which has delayed getting the podcast out to you. Of course, none of that is anywhere near as bad as what people in Houston and Florida and Puerto Rico and Mexico and California have been dealing with. Damn, guys. <laughs> three hurricanes, wildfires, earthquake. There's been a lot of terrible stuff that's happened in the last month. Not to mention, that's just a natural disaster, is not to mention the shooting in Las Vegas. We want to let everybody know who lives in all those areas affected, that we love you guys, we're thinking of you guys. I have, in quite a few cases, gone and searched to see if anybody that listens is and is In the rivalry group is in those areas and sort of checking to make sure you guys are okay so pursuant to that we'll be linking some websites uh in the show notes where you can go to help um mainly through donating uh with all these different things because hurricane harvey seems like so long ago but it's gonna take a long time for people to recover from that and they're gonna need help um as are the people affected by hurricane Irma and maria and the wildfires in california and you know the earthquake in mexico so if you guys are affected by those areas and you have knitting patterns that you sell or something like that post it on the uh pimp yourself thread if you know there's any other way maggie and i could help just like let us know in message and so we can and we'll see what we can do and like i said i'll put links to places where you can donate to help with all these different things <laughs> it'll probably be a couple posts where there are big roundups of links where you can search through uh, which have been vetted by newspapers and stuff like that so love you guys and as a completely irreverent side note, I will be at Rhinebeck this weekend. If you see me, say hi. Um, I'm expecting to wear the Peggy Carter hat. It might be too warm for the Peggy Carter hat, but one never knows. So take a look for me. If you see me, say hi. I hopefully not won't be as plugged up. <laughs> Bye then. Okay, love you guys, and let's get back to our usual irreverence in the episode.
1: In a world of bus schedules and business calls, step
0: into a realm of koigyu casting in kunons. Okay, people. Get your geek on! Hi, everyone. It's August 26th, 2017, and you're listening to episode 117 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And I am here to knit hats. And punch Nazis. And we we're are all, all out, out of, of yarn. yarn.
1: Not really, though. No, no. I, I not have by lots of it downstairs. But yeah, still, but punch still, Nazis. still, punch Nazis, yeah. Punching Nazis. And we're doing this because... I can multitask. Yeah, I can... Yeah, actually, yes, very much. <laughs> Knitting needles. If any of our fans are Nazis right now, I don't know how you've made it this far. We're giving you the opportunity to cut you loose now.
0: Really. <laughs> I would assume not. Like I would assume white supremacists would not be listening to us for this long. I mean people who are like who are like even like leaning toward in that direction, considering how much we discuss representation and shit like that. But you know. It kinda goes without saying.
1: Yeah. It has been a time. hmm It has been uh it has been a time. hmm Oh my gods. And also at this very moment, at the time of recording, hugs, prayers, and everything else go out to everybody who's in the path of the now category four hurricane mm-hmm. coming down on the coast of Texas. Well, I think it's down to a category one now, but it hit as a category four, so. Yeah, I've been I've been through hurricanes. Yeah. That is not- You uh, have <laughs> personal experience. Yeah, that is not easy shit to overlook. That is not just clo- close the garage door, we'll weather it out.
0: Okay, so moving into- Oh, and before we get started, I should mention too- I mean, right now I'm chewing, so my voice sounds a little different, because we're having cookies, because...
1: Because, yeah, that's, that's what happens. I know it's bad
0: podcast etiquette, but don't care. Um,
1: Wait, there's podcaster etiquette?
0: Yes. Yeah. But my voice also might be a little jacked today, because it's the end of August, which means it's ragweed season. <laughs> which means my sinuses hate me. So if my voice sounds weird, I'm not actually sick. It's just stupid. We did have, like, ragweed.
1: two cool days... Two days of semi-cool weather.
0: Yeah, it has been nice and cool the last couple days. Yeah. It's been amazing.
1: And it was just like... Fall is sending us a postcard Letting us know I still exist I'm coming I'm on my way Don't worry, don't panic
0: The beacons are lit <laughs> autumn-,
1: autumn is coming, the beacons are lit <laughs> The beacons are lit and autumn will answer <laughs> Winter is coming and we're all like Yes! <laughs> Kill all the bugs Kill all the ragweed I heard I heard a card dealership commercial today for using Game of Thrones lingo, send a raven on down to, and I'm like, <laughs> you didn't go there. Oh, oh my god! I should talk about the movie I
0: saw. Anyways, well, I can tell you, I can talk about that a little bit in like, any anyways, Geek 3. But yes, moving on into adventures in knitting. Woo! Would you like to go first?
1: Sure thing. Uh, so I was making Kaime socks. Uh, I think the last time we recorded, mm-hmm. I finished them. They were made out of my uh, it was green saber yarn that somebody wonderful from New Zealand sent me in a Dresden-y mm-hmm. package. And they are now in the Bahamas. It just <laughs> happens. Because it was my best friend from high school, and it's her birthday in less than a week. And she actually had once said that she needs to commission a second pair of socks for me. And I said, okay, done. You got it. <laughs> so she she actually very much does appreciate the knitting, so I didn't feel bad knitting for her. And plus, this Mondo sweater that I am knitting is too big for me to carry around in the car and knit, like, on the go. Yeah. So I do need a small project. It does
0: look rather unwieldy at the moment. Because it has sleeves and stuff dangling off it. Yep.
1: So moving on to... Um, I'll skip and I'll go to the sweater of doom. I think I'm actually going to need more yarn.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I think
1: I re- I'm going... I still have one or two skeins left, but I don't think it's going to be enough to finish. Fortunately, we have the uh, Kitchener Waterloo Knitter's Fair coming up. I yes. Mean, I am still on the yoke repeats. Yeah. And this is not a V that goes here. This is a- goes all the way down to here. Mm-hmm. So I am... All the sleeves are attached to the body, and I am knitting the yoke decreases for the shoulders. Mm-hmm. I am still partially scared that this is going to be too small. <laughs> but if it is, I'll pull one of the page from your book, I'll cut it, and I'll just knit that way. Yeah. Or knit more. Well, at least if you're
0: on the yoke, and you've only got a couple skeins left. Like, yeah, it's the, It be, is gradually be, getting smaller.
1: Yeah. And it'll be, if I have to get a different dye lot... It'll be just the collar band, which is okay. Yeah. If if that's a little bit different. I'm okay with that. So yeah, the sweater is still on the go. This is why I don't knit sweaters for grown-up adults, because it <laughs> takes me forever. Whenever anybody says, Are you gonna make a Rhinebeck sweater? Fuck no! <laughs> I don't do that well. But it's still it is still on the go. Now, now, as for the Brioche battle, which is now like trademarked, I guess, or something like that. <laughs> After ripping out that project four or five times, I actually took it to knit night and sat down with somebody, Sydney at midnight. Oh my God, big thank you! Big, 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 big thank you because so obvious what I should have been doing the whole time, i.e., the strands that go in pairs stay in pairs, and everybody else who knows how to knit brioche is going, duh. Sorry, this is me we're talking about here. So now it works. The brioche knitting works. Did I bring the brioche knitting? Ta-da! See, it looks like a fuzzy crown now. Ooh. Now, Karen is looking at... Something sem- that
0: you appear to have, like, pulled rip- off the needles. Pulled the
1: needles out. Yeah, without be- casting off. Because um, I noticed that I had a mistake. hmm And because I didn't put a uh, lifeline in, I basically would have to rip out. And, you know, I'm-, I'm looking at it going, you know what? I have started you. Six times. Now that I know how to do the thing, I want to see other projects. <laughs> and I'm not even saying it's not you, it's me. I mean, it's like, no, it's you. I want to see other projects. I want to see, there is a brioche leaf uh, ebook, And everybody knows I've been talking about this since it came out. I want to make the bonfire cowl. Out of the blue brick And this is her escarpment DK In Prairie Storm So we've got a lot of Oranges and browns And they transition into blues And muted blues Which can be fire colors Set against a charcoal gray Um, And this is a shoulder (laughs) jarn DK fittingly in the color of smoke So that is going to be the bonfire Cowl colors Now that Mm -hmm. I get the idea of how brioche is supposed to work Because the idea of the bonfire cowl is that, yes, they do have leaves, but it looks like the leaves are are burning to cinders and burning away as you go Mm -hmm. up. And I'm like, that is so cool! That would be the coolest thing to wear for autumn. Now that, you know, it's August, and I've finally figured the friggity Frack flip-flop out how to make brioche work. Thank you again, Sydney. I would still be beating my head against that brick wall. (laughs) So there's that. I have been doing some spinning because I need to stay in practice. I have and i will include these pictures to post i have been doing some weaving i've done a couple of thing on the things on the loom that I've been practicing on, and they were, they're not really scarves or anything. They're just practice things. Swatches, I guess you'd call them. And after practicing several of those, I actually wound... It was a Blue Moon Fiber Arts sock, and I was trying to do the pooling technique, but my warping board isn't deep enough to do the whole scheme. Yeah. So I had to do it in chunks. And my pooling was a little off, but you know what? Okay, I'm a newbie. Mm-hmm. And I'm weaving it the weft to... Mm -hmm. Because that's the project I'm sort of mimicking. So it does have a little bit of transition. Some transitions are stripy, and that's okay. And it is still on the loom. I had wanted to have it done for today, but, you know, life happens. Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% perfect because... This is going to sound so sexual, but bear with me. I only get a clean shed when I send the shuttle through a certain way. Mm -hmm. But anyways, and that's... When I send my shuttle through from left to right, I've noticed that it has a problem of skipping certain strings, which makes that error. And I've been trying to tweak, and again, it's getting to know your loom. So I've been making the warp tighter. Mm -hmm. I've been adjusting the counterbalance. I've been trying to adjust the shafts where they sit. Sometimes it works, and then it slides back into being not so good. Yeah. So I... it's still with me. It's I'm still warming up to the idea, but I'm still having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Now, I did order some more heddles and yarn for, quote-unquote, air quotes here, a big girl project. <laughs> oh my god, that weaving yarn is fine. I didn't realize what I was buying when I got it. Holy crap. Because I was looking at other people's projects going, okay, what did you use to make this? Okay, yeah. I will get that. Okay, I need to set aside some time to warp that sucker. Oh my gods. Yeah. But hey... And it's, you know, it's just like casting on the long end edge of a shawl where you got to cast on, what, 500 stitches? Yeah. So, little at a time and just keep going at it. That's what I'm telling myself anyways. And the last thing I am doing, which Miss Karen has already seen, just in case there are any listeners out there who share my hobby, or my new fixation, I have no idea how... (laughs) (laughs) What a... I need another hobby, like I need multiple holes in the head. The husband thought this would be a fun idea for me because I like to paint with teeny tiny brushes on things. Didn't
0: you say he thought it would be relaxing? Relaxing.
1: So <laughs> does he know you? Um, he says he does. This I have started painting miniatures, as in D and D and Pathfinder and thing mini- role playing game. Yeah, miniatures. miniatures. And because I am aware I am a newbie, I ordered a bunch of the cheapy ones, because these can be actually expensive. So yeah. I ordered a bunch of 3 and $5 ones off of the internet. And when they came in the package, and I'm like, son of a bitch, son, you are tiny. Yeah. So I am learning techniques like base coats and washes and dry brushing specifically for little 3D models instead of mm-hmm. for two-dimensional pictures. And right now you've got... Three I've, little monsters. I've got three little monsters. These are the ones that are actually done. Mm-hmm. So I've got one gargoyle that is basically a study and, you know, grays through to blacks. Mm-hmm. I've got a goblin dude with a sword and a... Torch. Torch. And I've got a zombie. Zombie skeleton dude. Yeah, I only have a limited color palette right now. Yeah. Because every... Basically, every time we have Taco Tuesday and we go for tacos, I walk three stores down and I go and pick up more paint. <laughs> That's how I do things, so um, yeah, we're going to the geekery tonight for dinner. I'm gonna walk three stores down and get some <laughs> more paint, so, um, there's that, so that that's that's sort of been me, and if there are any any fans out there that share this new little obsession in my my world because now I am listening to critical role and tutorials of how to paint these little fuckers, yeah. Which we will have more on in a bit. Yeah. Yeah, let me know. And any advice you got, because, oh my god, teeny tiny little fuckers. I am, I have, <laughs> my smallest brush right now is a twenty zero, And if you understand that, you're my people. Okay, I'm done.
0: Okay, so, uh, the last time we spoke, I was working on a sweater. I was working on the Lock Street cardigan by Glenna C in some yarn that I had overdyed myself. Um, I was also either at that point or a little after it. I worked on the diagonella socks, and I'm not working on either of those right now because squirrel, not because they're finished, no, because they're not. I just sort of got sick of working on them. <laughs> you needed to see other projects too. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. I was just sort of in the doldrums with those two projects. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing against the. It's nothing about the patterns. It's just like I felt like I was in a rut, and I was like, I don't really want to work on either of these right now.
1: You needed um, an adventure.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I put those aside and I cast on some monkey socks <laughs> <laughs> because, well, because, and it helps too that like the monkey socks are a pattern where like, I just have to, I had to glance at the chart once yeah, to remember how it goes. And it's one of those, it's a pattern that follows a very logical pattern. Yeah. So like you have the one setup row where it's like five pearl, 10 knit, 10 pearl, 10 knit, five pearl. If you're doing the larger size, these are by Cookie A, I should say, just in case you've never actually heard of them, because it's been quite a few years since they were, since they came out. And they're they're still probably very common, but like, if if you come to knitting within the last like three or four years, you know, you might never have heard of them. And basically, like, beyond that, it's just a very simple like increase in the middle, and each increase, the pairs of increases go one stitch further out as you also decrease into those purl sections again one stitch at a time. So it's kind of one of those diagonal patterns that's really easy to see where you are, right? Once you're actually working on them. So they're really easy for me to do on the bus cuz I don't need to look at a chart or anything like that and they, they go are very, very quickly
1: go to for a portable yes. project. So
0: and I decided to do these in uh into the world in the smaller on the outside colorway. Oh, yes. So it's, like, very sort of, like, dark blue, some of which has a slightly purplish teen tinge to it, and dark green, well, as well as sort of a medium blue and white. And it spirals very nicely. It does. So I have finished one sock, and I have just started the patterning on the second sock from the top down. And I am, that project two, I should mention, is currently living
1: in my new project bag. Which I finally got to her for her birthday. Thanks from Miss Maggie. And thank you to for- And uh, Miss Marsha One geek to craft them all Yes It is a <coughs> Wonder Woman project bag Yes that Where is, she is looking badass She is badass She is not cutesy She is badass Yes And I likes it very much
0: So yeah I mean I'm going to get back to the sweater and stuff It wasn't my I wasn't really I was kind of thinking like Oh I can make this sweater and wear it to Rhinebeck But I don't think in my head it was ever really a Rhinebeck sweater I don't know I just wasn't feeling that pressure this year Okay are feeling that, that move this year to be like... I think maybe because last year I finally actually got a sweater done in time for Rhinebeck. You
1: completed the quest. You don't need to do <laughs> it again. The quest has
0: been completed. I have got the XP from it. Yeah. I don't need to do it again this year. I might knit up something for Rhinebeck this year. Because I should say, too, I'm going to be at Rhinebeck. Maggie is not going to be at Rhinebeck nope. this year because so she will has have a to- wedding to go to.
1: I do. I have a Harry Potter wedding to yes. go to.
0: But you have a wedding to go to in the states in September, yes. which is going to be and then, enough
1: of a traveling at one point and at my, one time. My parents will be visiting almost a week after I come back. Yay! Yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but I will be there,
0: and I'm dragging along a couple noobs.
1: Oh yes, you're going to have to. Uh, woo.
0: It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this.
1: <laughs> so, everybody, find Miss Karen, give her hugs.
0: Yes, and I'm should within the within a few days of. Us recording this, I should have our video of our guide to Rhinebeck and other fiber fairs that yes. we did last year. Um, I just need to get some video editing software so that I could do even just simple video editing, so- editing software so I can do just a little, a little cleaning up of it and, you know, put a little like title card and stuff on it. Okay. But so um, basically it was our, it was a, a video recorded last year on Periscope where we discussed about, like, you know, what Rhinebeck is like and how to prepare for it. What kind of shoes yeah. to wear. Yeah, and what you have, like, how to prepare, like, well in advance as well as immediately before. And, like, what to wear and what to what to consider and what to expect and that sort of thing. Yep. So if this is going to be your first year at Rhinebeck, or even in first year going to, like, we're going to other major fiber festivals. Because some of the advice that we give is, some of it is Rhinebeck specific, some of it... Works for any large fiber festival, really. Then go ahead and watch the video and get our little tips and tricks. And if you have any, like, tips and tricks to share yourself, then just post them in the thread for this episode. Yep. So, yeah, I've basically just been working on the monkey socks. Um, I did get out my uh, wallflower mittens, which I worked was working on a while ago, like, months and months ago. And I intended to work on them. When I brought them to Knit Night, but then by the time I got to Knit Night, I was exhausted and I'm like, this is not a good idea. So I haven't actually started working on those yet, but I want to because I just got a couple books, which I will often mention in the next podcast, um, about colorwork knitting. Oh, and I've, just come okay. into the li- and I've just come into the library nice. because this is a bonus of working in the acquisitions department. E- <laughs> it's like, as soon as this shit comes in, I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. Yoink. As long as there's no holds on it. If there isn't, it's like, oh, I'm going on the hold list for this. Thank you very much. But yeah, so I I was looking at those and I'm like,
1: I want to do color work. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine you Um, singing those as a ballad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then of course, uh, one of the things I mentioned last time is that I went on the TTC Knit Along. You did, you did, you did. Yes, I finally did after years. And it was really fun. I'm not sure I would do it again next year. Not not because it wasn't fun or whatever. Just it's, it's a very long, exhausting day. Especially depending on the weather. So... You know, it's sort of like I, you know, I've had the experience now, and maybe another time I will do it, but I don't know if it's like a yes, I'm totally doing this again next year sort of thing. Basically, if we're like if you just found the podcast and this is your first episode, the TTC Dine is a sort of yarn crawl that's organized uh, that helps support charity in Toronto. It supports the charity called Sistering, which helps uh, underprivileged or um, homeless women in Toronto. And what they do is they have like. I think it was like six or seven different teams, and each team goes to a different combination of the 10 yarn stores in Toronto, and they all have different routes and things like that, so you get to choose your, what route you want to take. And, you know, there's basically it's called the TTC Ninalon because the TTC, the Toronto Transit Commission, is the, the public transit uh, body in Toronto, and you basically take subway, streetcar, and bus, like all to all the different stops. So it's really fun. Like I said, it's just Really tiring. We started at well, I should say. Like, I actually decided to stay overnight in Toronto the night before uh, because I wasn't going to get up early enough so that I could get to Knit-O-Matic for ten thirty, which was my start point. Yeah, that would have been that would have taken harsh. getting up very early and leaving the house very early, and I was like, mm, do not want. So I actually went into Toronto the night before, and I actually got a through Hotwire, ended up getting a room at the uh, the Renaissance Hotel in Toronto which is the one that overlooks the inside of the sky dome. <laughs> okay. I di- I did actually have a sky dome interior view room. There was no Blue Jays game on, which is why this room was on hotwire. <laughs> like I knew as soon as I saw it I was like, I wonder if the Blue Jays are playing, but there's no way the Blue Jays would be playing with this price for the room and not booked. So, but I guess they they did have like a concert or something that was going on there cuz they had like when I got there, the room was like super classy. It's what I po- posted a photo on Instagram. Of, like well, in the hotel room you're staying in is classier than you are. <laughs> but when I got there, like all the, the the lights were shut off inside the Sky Dome, though I could open up the window and I could sort of hear the echo of the like the the different like air conditioners and stuff inside, which is kind of weird. But then the next morning they worked. actually had the lights on because they were started. They started you know putting together a concert or something like that. And they had like a huge curtain that goes in front, like goes over the windows on the outside. So you can't see down onto the field, I guess, when there's nothing going on or when there's like a, another event, like a concert or something. But I was able to like stand on a little stool and look over and see like the <laughs> 500 level seats across the way. It was kind of cool. I also got room service for breakfast. No kidding. Because I was, well, because again, for 1030, I was like, well, I'm gonna be a long day. I'm gonna want breakfast. But like, if I have to be there for 1030, it's gonna be, I'm gonna have to get up super early if I want to like get up, get ready, check out, stash my bag. And then go for breakfast and then make my way to Nittomatic. So I just ordered room service. Why not? I was like, you know what? For twenty bucks. Yeah, worth it. Yeah. And it was so worth it. It was so good. I believe you. But yeah, so after treating myself, it was kinda nice. I was able to like relax in a comfy bed and like have breakfast the morning of. I could get used to this. We could all get used to yeah. this. Unfortunately, I don't think my budget is going to run to that every time I travel. So yeah, so then I made my way to Nittomatic for my first step. First stop on the and to meet up with the rest of my team, and at Knit-O-Matic, they carry. Oh, my yes, and this feel it. Mm. Look at that! It is crazy, crazy. Their wool cashmere blend that is impressive in the Mitternacht colorway, which I think means midnight. That sounds about right. I think so, but it's got like black and blue and darker blue. And like this bright sort of dark turquoise. And it's so pretty. And it's so soft. It's so soft. I'm going to have to make something special out of it. And it's... You can make a boyfriend out of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my brain is teeming with things to say. But let's see. It's well, 364 yards to 100 grams. But the skein is actually 150 grams. It's soft, so... it's soft and snuggly. That's another 180, so it's probably like, probably like 540 yards, I think. Which is a really good yardage for something. It'd give me lots of options. I'm assuming, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm probably going to do it for like some kind of cowl or shawl or scarf or something so that I have this nice softness up against my neck and my yeah, face. Yeah, totally. And then after knit we went to Passionate, where I got, every year they do a special kit for some kind of accessory or something for the TTC Knit Along. And I should mention, too, a lot of these stores, too, during on the TTC Knit Along have discounts. Some case, in a couple of cases, it was like 20% off everything in the store.
1: Yeah. Or
0: 25% off everything in the store. for yeah, The people bitches. that were participating. So I got this year's uh, TC, TTC Knit Along exclusive, the TT Cowl. Mm-hmm. Which also spells out TTC. TTC. Yep. And it is a, it's a really cool cowl. It's got areas where you increase and decrease. Can't really see it on the picture here. But so it's got little like pointed ends. Okay. So that like when you wrap it around your neck, you've got one of the little pointed spots that can hang down in front of your, you know, where your, your coat will gap open or something like that. And they had a whole bunch of different colorway options. And I was sort of like, eh, I don't know. It looks kind of cool, but I couldn't really find a colorway that really said buy me. Until I spotted this one, because it's basically it's two full skeins of Koigu and then a mini skein of Koigu. And the two full skeins are red. The mini skein is gray, Mm -hmm. which are pretty much the TTC logo colors. (laughs) So it's like, oh, I like that color combination and it is thematically appropriate. Mine. And the pattern is, I should say, the pattern is written by Patty Waters, who we know. Yep. and who runs passionate. Then we went to Porch Swing Your Insomniac, which is also our lunch stop. Um or I didn't actually did not buy anything. They had lots of really nice stuff, just nothing that was really like I was mainly going for stuff that like spoke to me and said buy me now. Right. Um so I didn't, you know, manage to pick anything up there, but they've got some really nice stuff. Um and I think they're they've been at the Knitters Frolic the last couple years too. So if there's you know, so some year when I'm there I can pick up stuff from them there too. And we went to Knit Cafe which had a lot of really pretty stuff including very lovely. Yes. Yeah, it's veil vale from Brooklyn, Brooklyn tweed. It's their lace weight yarn. It's uh, American Rambouillet, sourced in Wyoming, spun in Maine, and dyed in Maine. And I got three skeins of the Vintner colorway, which is a very dark burgundy. And it's very pretty. I had seen someone, uh, I think it was Chris, got some. So I had seen hers and been like, ooh, that looks pretty, and I might want some. And then it was there, and I had to have it. Mine. That could be the clothing for your boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I up now. And then our last stop was Romney Wool's. I don't think I bought anything there. If I did it was just needles or something. It wasn't more yarn. Again, Romney was the one is the one yarn store on the list that I could get to fairly fairly often. Um, I think we were there like a week later or two weeks later when you and me and Michelle went into Toronto. Yeah. So it was the one – I also didn't feel a lot of pressure to buy something there because I'm there often enough anyway. But yeah, so that's what I got on the TTC Knit Along. And like I said, it was – you know, it was a really fun day. It was just also exhausting, especially too because it was pretty hot that day. And like I was just like drenched in sweat and like by the time – we got to the end. I was, I had originally RSVP'd to attend the dinner. They got together dinner that night. Um, but by the time we were on the way to, even by the time we were on the way to Romney, I was just like, I am exhausted. My feet were killing me. And all I could think of was just a cold shower. It's just like, I just want to get home and peel off all my clothes and have a cold shower for like 45 minutes and then get into my jammies. <laughs> but yeah, but it was fun. Like I said. You know, it was really fun. It was fun, you know, meeting other people on the team, because, you know, especially if you sign up, like, if you sign up for the team with another, with one friend or two friends, and yeah, you know, a couple people on the team, but there's going to be a bunch of other people on the team mm-hmm. that you don't know, because there's, like, I think eight people per team. So I had fun, really, really, lots of fun talking to them, and, like, a bunch of them were nerds, and so at one point we were discussing Doctor Who, and I was sticking up for the eighth Doctor, and... <laughs> So where did this come from? This is from like a couple weeks ago. I okay. was getting to that. So a couple weeks ago, I had mentioned a store in Hamilton Needlework, which is a sewing and fabric store. Okay. And I think Michelle had either, I don't think Michelle had even heard about it. It's just down the street from uh, hand Knit. Okay. And so, and especially when we were looking through the, the fabric, she spotted some fabric that she really wanted. And so we were like, oh, we can go to, we decided to go to Hand Knit and Needlework on a Saturday morning or something like that so as usual when you know Michelle and I or Michelle and you and I are going somewhere often I'll meet you guys I'll take the bus to the bus terminal downtown you'll just pick me up there because it's sort of right off the highway so I got there downtown like 20 minutes before I was gonna meet Michelle because that's just when the bus came in and it's a Saturday and I was like you know what I haven't been to the farmer's market in a while I'm just gonna go down to the farmer's market and just wander around and relax and maybe have like a, you know, sausage on a, sausage a bun or something like that. And so I went over to the farmer's market and one of the people who is at the farmer's market is Link Farm. And they had yarn. Mm-hmm. So I got two skeins of their tweed yarn. So it's 100% wool from Celeste and Aurora and just their natural colors. It's three ply and it's 100 grams Little over two hundred meters for hundred grams. I think it's probably about a sport weight, maybe a little heavier. I don't know. I have to. I would have to unwind the skeins and wrap them around my WPI right tool to actually figure out what they are. But it just looked so pretty and tweedy and rustic, and I wanted. So as I said to Michelle, it's like you haven't even picked me up yet, and already I have bought yarn. You are efficient,
1: <laughs> is what you are.
0: I have a talent. Yes, you do. I didn't buy anything else that day, though. Wish- that say to the need. I do like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it is it's so, something just so rustic and squishy. And, and it's something
1: about the twist I yeah. really
0: like. So yeah, and then um I'm also not knitting a lot right now. I mean, I haven't been knitting a lot other than the monkey socks, because like I was saying, I was only working like on like two projects and it was so freaking hot in the summer, I was just like did not want. And and right now, I'm not really working on much
1: knitting wise, because of um, You have taken the crazy train off the edge of a cliff. Yes. Is what you've done.
0: Yes. <laughs> Because, you know, me, when I feel like, oh, I need to make things for an event, and I I kind of sometimes go on the go big
1: or go home kind of thing. So, um... When did you decide this plan, by the way? (laughs) Last Wednesday. And when is this event? Uh, A week from today. Okay.
0: Um, Just so people have perspective. So, basically, I had... I knew I was going to go to Fan Expo this year, but I wasn't going to stay for the weekend or anything so I just figured I would wait until the at least the draft schedule came out and didn't decide like am I just going for the day am I going for two days etc so the draft schedule came out and there's interesting stuff going on on both the Saturday and Sunday so I decided I was going to stay overnight in Toronto and go to both days and so I finally booked stuff to go still need to buy my tickets which I should do but then like last Wednesday as in like Three days ago? Yeah. Four days ago? That night, I was like, looking through the schedule and seeing stuff. I'm like, you know, I wonder if I could make Belle's peasant dress to wear on the Sunday of Fan Expo. (laughs) Because that's the day that they're going to have a panel with Robbie Benson and Paige O'Hara, who are the original voice actors from the animated Beauty and the Beast. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe I can do this. (laughs) I was thinking like, well... After work tomorrow, I go to Fabricland and get fabric. And I found a couple patterns that would kind of work for the bodice. And I was like, well, and then I got the weekend. So if I can get a lot of sewing done on the weekend, then I can get, you know, a good head start. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> on it. And I um, so I bought fabric on Thursday and mm. washed it Thursday night. And cut out traced pattern pieces and cut out fabric in from, like, a, a plain, like, broadcloth that I have for a practice go at the bodice. Because I should mention, I've sewn, sewn a few project bags and a
1: pair of pajama pants, and that's it. <laughs> I now has the sewing feet. I can sew all the things. Oh, <laughs> well, that's kind of like me and weaving, so. Yeah. So,
0: well, I'm looking at this like it's it's going to be a learning experience. Yeah. I'm going to be learning a lot. I've already watched quite a few YouTube videos. I have done zippers, like, twice. Thank God for YouTube, huh? Yeah. So I'm going to be trying to put a zipper in this thing. Okay. So, yeah. um, We'll see. But I kind of feel like I kind of need to go. And you also bought. Yes, I was going to say, I kind of feel like I kind of need to even, like, try and make this happen. Yeah. Because I also kind of bought a wig. Already. To go with it. (laughs)
1: And you already have it.
0: Yes, I have it already, which which is good because then I can, like, tonight, maybe during the virtual middle long or something, I can try styling it and see if, like, if I need any extra wefts or anything like that. Because the, the place I got it from Arda Wigs, Canada, they do a lot of wigs for cosplayers and stuff like that. They have a booth at Fan Expo. And one of the options for pickup, in case I need anything else, is... They have an option where you can order something and pick it up at Fan Expo. Okay, yeah. you just have to order by Monday. So I, you know, and because of the way the wigs are made, I don't know if I might need a couple wefts to like cover the cover the um, the Tem- sides, around part. the temples and stuff. So where you can see the wig and stuff. But if I can get it styled like tonight, tomorrow night, then I can see.
1: My how co that works. my coworker is going to Fan Expo. She's super excited because uh they also have the costumes apparently for thor ragnarok yes and she wants her next cosplay to be hella oh yeah and i'm like dude that headdress really <laughs> and she goes yep i don't know how i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna do it <laughs> I'm Like,
0: I'm all right but yes yeah, so i will be at fan expo on saturday and sunday so if you're going say hello you might find me on sunday by looking for someone
1: in a Bell costume. Are you gonna have a little book that you'll always be reading?
0: Possibly. I'm trying to think. Like, I would love to bring a. I would love to just have a basket. I can give you any yeah. of mine. But the thing. Well, but the thing is, like, you know, I would also like to be able to carry. A be lot able to stuff. carry stuff, and also just sort of like a bag feels more like a, a shoulder bag or something. Feels more secure when it comes to like my wallet and stuff. That's very true. So, like, I'm trying to think of like how would I carry my money and stuff if I'm just holding like a basket? Like, I could just like. Bury it under stuff in there. No, your your dress needs to have pockets. I'm not
1: fiddling
0: <laughs> with a pattern. So I can try and get pockets.
1: You can always just shove the uh, wallet contents down your bosom. True. But then you have, you But know, then I have to like dig it out. And then you'll have sweaty, sweaty money. Yeah, or a sweaty plastic yeah. for the card.
0: Also because one of the things they, ha- they have at Fan Expo, and one of the things I was kind of thinking of doing this year, is they do have open RPG play. So there is a website. If you go to the Fan Expo website and you go to the gaming stuff, um, they have another website you'll go to that they'll redirect you to where you can sign up for one of many like Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder or other sort of RPGs. And they have them for all levels and stuff too, including beginners. So I was kind of thinking of doing that. The only thing is... I need to look at the schedule again. I looked at the schedule again to see if there was ones that if there were games at times when I wasn't going to be in panels and stuff. And there are a couple. There's one that looks like it might overlap with a panel a little bit. It looked like it might be the best option, but you know I might have to leave a panel early and stuff. But um, the only thing is like the one that I saw that looked for me. There's enough panels this year that are going on that like I want to go to that I'm like well if I also play this D and D game that's like four hours yeah. That I could be like going through Artist Alley and stuff, and because of the other panels and stuff, I want to go to. I'm not sure how much time I'm going to have to do that the rest of the weekend. So I don't know. I'll have to look again at the schedule and decide sort of like, okay, how much time do I have in between these things? So that you know, is there a time where I can like totally go through Artist Alley and go through the show floor and stuff like that as well as do this other thing? Because the the and the one that I was looking at that looked like it might work would be on a on would be on Sunday. So there's part of me too, like if I'm in my Belle costume, I kind of like the idea of Belle carrying a basket and the book she has is the D&D player's handbook.
1: Because <laughs> I'm bringing my PHP along. But yeah, I'm kind of It would be really good if you had the chip teacup to go in there as well. <laughs> you know, this is, this is my man on my health.
0: <laughs> yeah, and actually, you know... I kind of wanted to try that, too, because one of the things I've been thinking is, like, you know, it might be really cool to go to Gen Con next year. Okay. And that is a major thing that happens. That's, like, most of Gen Con <laughs> is, like, playing board games and playing tabletop role, like playing games and stuff
1: like that. And so. the critical, usually a critical role. And critical role, role stuff, yeah, yeah. But, like,
0: but the rest of the time it'd be, like, they have they have tons of people who run, like, D&D games and mm-hmm. stuff that you can participate in.
1: Actually, the uh, the store that I get my miniature... Mm-hmm. Paints and stuff They went to Gen Con <laughs> Yeah And I'm like Dude I kind of wanted to ask him If he saw critical The critical role stuff But I don't think His little store is more About Warhammer Than it is uh, D&D Yeah So Oh well
0: Yeah but for that too Though I need to look At the budget
1: Oh yeah And well in advance Yeah
0: like I already Started putting together A Gen Con budget So I can figure out and how much that would cost, cause that looks like it's gonna be expensive. Yeah. So but if there's anyone who has gone uh, who listens who has gone to Gen Con. Oh my god, please. And tell knows us. about like the best place to stay. Regale and, like, that us. sort of stuff, let me know. Okay. So speaking of cons and that sort of thing, let's move into Geek Squee. So Geeksquee. Uh
1: following on with, you know, what we were talking about with Gen Con and the whole critical role thing and <coughs> my 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 new little obsession here. Uh, Geek and Sundry has started a new show called uh, Painters Guild. Happens every Monday. So there's at least one good thing that happens on a Monday. That's the way I look at it. And it is going from an absolute newbie perspective of painting miniatures. Like legit painting D&D figures or Pathfinder figures, whatever. And the first three episodes, a guest on the show... Was Matt Mercer. I did not know Matt was a painter. I did not. I honest to God did not know that he. You didn't know that he painted all the movies and stuff like that? I didn't know. I did not know. I knew that he collected them. Mm -hmm. I knew that he was really happy about, you know, receiving certain creatures and this and that and the other from from fans, but I didn't know he was a painter. So he says, yeah, usually my painting time is 2 a.m. where I put on headphones and the music and I just paint for a couple of hours. And if it's like a dungeon dude, I'll put on like really creepy, angry music. And stuff like that. So, they go through things like cutting off the flash, and that is that is not a DC thing. That's something completely different. And priming and tools that are used, uh, base coats, washes, and things like that. And the new episode that I just saw this week has a new a new guest host. I can't remember his last name because it's Italian, and I'm I was gonna fuck it up anyway. But his first name is Brian. He is actually an award winning painter. Mm-hmm. So this is only like four episodes in the making by the time this comes out, maybe another uh, fifth one, but it's really entertaining for me because it's coming from an absolute newbie perspective. Yes, I may have a master's degree in illustration, that only translates so far yes. when you're painting miniatures. Mm-hmm. It's, it's only going to carry you so far. <laughs> so I am like super happy with the new, with the new show. Mm-hmm. It is only about 20, 25 minutes, but you know what? That's a lot of the smaller shows that are on Geek and Sundry right now, mm-hmm. anyways.
0: And actually, also thinking about D anD D, we found someone on Twitter who is doing something super cool.
1: She is amazing for <laughs> designing for designing these things. So there is a Twitter user called Mazmataz, M A Z
0: Z M A T A Z Z, who is basically crocheting amigurumi of every creature. In the monster manual.
1: And we do mean everyone. D&D. Like even the ones with tentacles and weird nubs and <laughs> odd appendages. She is doing them all.
0: Yeah, right now she actually has as her her pin tweet, she has a collection of the posts where she shows the things that she's crocheting. Like the flail snail or the flump. Oh my the god, mimic. the
1: mimic is fantastic.
0: That's amazing. That is a good one. Which is basically a, a treasure chest with teeth and a tongue and eyes cranium rats beholder with
1: googly eyes <laughs> because really if you're going to do an amigurumi it's got to have googly eyes for a beholder
0: magic rug the rug of smothering owl bear oh look at the little owl bear a gelatinous cube yeah so there's all kinds of creatures that she has and monsters that she's already done and it's uh, so much fun to look through them all you know, inspiration for other D&D and RPG lovers. And again, speaking of role-playing games and Gen Con and that sort of thing, one of the writers from Geek and Sundry did the best instructions to her cat sitter ever. This is the best. <laughs> Basically, Jessica Fisher, one of the writers for Geek and Sundry, made a and d campaign of cat sitting instructions for the friend who's also into RPGs and stuff who was to be watching her cats while she was at Gen Con. And she tweeted out the campaign that she created. The D&D campaign is called Here Be Cats. (laughs) I love it. Including, the description of it at the beginning says, The player will spend three nights in the lair of the cats. It will be harrowing, but ultimately rewarding. The player meets the party of two cats, Peanut and Jasmine, and is warned that a wild meeple is loose somewhere in the the apartment. It is the player's job (laughs) to keep all cats alive and to try and tame the wild meeple. The player may be joined by a companion in this endeavor. Naming the companion is up to the GM, but we recommend... Or, well, you know, name of... Yeah. significant other. And then they actually created character sheets for their cats. So Peanut is apparently a first level wizard. They have a noble background. Obviously. Their alignment is lawful good, which seems suspicious for cats. I, I, would, I would suspect that, yeah. I would be suspicious of that. Their personality traits inv- is basically just judgy. That's every feline <laughs> that I've ever met. And there is like full stats for this Whole thing I love her comment about the monster though There's a whole character sheet for the meeple as well Because the meeple is a new kitten that she had that the other cats don't really They don't get along along with with.
1: Just yet Have not accepted him So But the meeple has some some serious decks Yeah, and she actually turned it into a shareable version which she
0: posted on uh, Google Drive so we'll give you the link and everything to it. So you, you you can download Here Be Cats yourself. And you can use it yourself. But the instructions in it also say, you will be equipped with cat food, toys, and Netflix, or some other means of entertaining yourself. We couldn't afford a bard. And the artwork is really adorable. It's done by Kyung Hwan Kim. Did the art for it. And it's all like cats dressed up as like paladins and wizards and rogues. So cute. Because really you haven't lived until
1: you've seen a barbarian kitten.
0: Yes, I love the, so the, it has the, the sheet for the kitten, and like, <laughs> I love when it says speed. It says speed, 80 feet, and in brackets it says next to it, and Meeple's top speed is unknown, but naturalists describe it as bug nuts crazy fast. <laughs> it also has a climb speed of 50 feet. Its armor class is 12, fuzziness. One of its powers, it has cuddle trap. Meeples love to cuddle, but when, they have, but when they have the punky condition, they are prone to attack hands, playfully, with teeth and claws. And it has one spell, Delightful Presence. Each creature of the meeples choice that is with 120 feet of the meeple and aware of it must succeed on a DC 16 wisdom saving throw or become smitten for one minute. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself on, on its success. success. If a creature's saving throw is successful or the effect ends for it, the creature is immune to the meeple's delightful presence for the next four four minutes.
1: And you do have some uh, spells of your own to counter with.
0: Yes, custom spells for the campaign include create cat food and water, which is a conjuration spell. Or summon vet. (laughs) Though it's important to notice the summon vet does require a cat carrier, which is a material component, but which is not consumed by the spell casting. Yeah, it's super cute. And we will link... To the original and to the um, to the Google Doc version, so that if you have friends who are D and D fans who'll be caring for your cats, you too
1: can give you them could, the ch- yes. this challenge. This will be fantastic in all manner. I'm just gonna sit over here and draw <laughs> for a bit. So Leonardo da Vinci's visionary notebooks are now available online, as in high res, so as in. <laughs> Oh my god, let me go over here and drool. Now, some of, obviously some of the notebooks are, not all of them are just under sketches. Some of them are text, and da Vinci is noted for writing backwards. And um, what look like diagrams, mathematical equations, and oh, they look beautiful. But this is, this is something that really tugs at my heartstrings.
0: Yeah, it's been digitized by the British Library we now making it available to the public through the 570 digitized pages.
1: I love that. You can just flip through the journal. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, so it's
0: basically, it's on the, it's, you know, the the, the link is like gobbledygook. Um, so it's basically, it's on the British Library website. We will provide the link. But yeah, basically you get an image of, you basically have a, an image of the notebook and you can just flip through the pages one by one if it suits your fancy.
1: So keep in mind, not all of this is going to be sketches of what was the Mona Lisa or the Annunciation or things like that. A lot of this is going to be his thoughts on and mathematical reasonings and calculations for some of his inventions and his machines and gravity. and Yeah,
0: like the one here that I'm looking at, that one there looks like pulleys Yep, with weights on the ends and stuff, but still fascinating to look at. Oh, through. yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, and you can zoom in, like, right down to the weave of the paper.
1: Yep, you can. I don't know anybody these days who has a sketchbook that, or journal that, organized.
0: <laughs> but yeah, and it's, it's neat, that too, that now these are online for everyone, everyone to see. Everyone see. I love that.
1: Pieces of history, not just art history, but science and liter- literacy. Mm-hmm. Like, examples of thinking minds <laughs> from hundreds of years ago.
0: And in other huge news... That has happened since the last time we recorded. mm mm-hmm. uh, They announced the 13th Doctor. And it's a woman! Blam! Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I was so excited. Like, I was watching. I think I had, you know, I think I had just woken up. And I was looking at Twitter. And, of course, Twitter is in reverse chron- chronological order. And so I saw something about the new announcing the new Doctor. But I hadn't seen people talking about who it was. So I'm like, you know what, before I scroll any further on Twitter, I'm going to watch the the trailer they released mm-hmm. so I can see who it is, mm-hmm. which was a good thing, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that meant when I'm watching the trailer, I'm like...
1: Sincere feelings.
0: Yeah. And a, like sincere reaction where they show the person from behind and I'm like, that, that build is awfully slim. Could it be? No, maybe it's just a dude, really skinny dude in skinny jeans. And then you see the hand. I'm like, wait a minute. Is that... Could that be a woman's hand? Or maybe it's just a really skinny dude again? But then you see that close-up of the – or near the eye. Yeah. And I was like, nope, that's a lady. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I started, like, freaking I out. My reaction literally, I think, out loud. I was saying, holy shit, holy shit, they actually fucking did it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and, like, freaking out.
1: It's – I'm so happy. And so were many other people.
0: Yes. I have seen – many a reaction video of people watching it for the first time uh-huh. where they just lose their minds and like start jumping up and down. There was one I saw of a a young girl who was watching like she was probably like 9 or 10 and like looking her face when she's sort of like looking at the screen and like trying to figure out who it is and stuff like and sort of like thinking. You see the thinking look on her face as they're showing like the little bits of the doctor and then all of a sudden like her eyes just get so wide when when you see the face and as soon as it ends, she turns the camera and she's like the new doctor is a girl. I was
1: so happy. Like this does make a difference, people. Yes. This does make a difference.
0: So yes, Jodie Whittaker will be the 13th doctor. She will be appearing in the role in the Christmas episode this year and I cannot wait.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know I am I... so happy. <laughs> I know I haven't seen a lot of Doctor Who, but I will make exceptions and I can start for this. Yeah. I haven't actually watched a lot of Doctor Who the last couple seasons. I've watched like
0: most of the first season of Capaldi. Mm-hmm. And then I just sort of like fell off watching it mainly because Stephen Moffat. I've heard. <sighs> yeah. And that's the other thing, like... With her, we also get the new showrunner, so I'm going to be starting in, because I, I was sort of, you know, tired of Stephen Moffat's shtick, so I will probably go back and watch Capaldi at some point, where I can just, like, you know, binge watch it and stuff, but I am super excited for this, like, super excited, and of course, you know, people are being douchebags. Of but, course
1: there is butt hurt
0: somewhere. Yeah, you know, douchebags gonna douche, and, like, <laughs> I saw one. <laughs> so one tweet afterwards, where a dude was saying like, "Oh, I'm so disappointed. This just seems so wrong. The doctor shouldn't be wank fodder."
1: Mm. And
0: someone responded, someone retweeted it with, "Oh, honey, like, mm. <laughs> like what do you think? Dave Tennant and Matt Smith are the women. Hello, put your As balls well, in, by bisexual and gay dudes. Put your balls in your pockets and just move move away." <laughs> it's like oh. It was basically just like, oh, you sweet summer child. You think just because the doctor's been a dude, no one's been like, woo, girl. It's like, trust me, honey. But yeah, I am super excited. So happy. And obviously, you know, there's also people who are saying, who obviously are saying, like, you know, if they'd wanted to go really far, they could have done, or, you know, done a lot in diversity. They could have had be an African-American, or, well, you know, British African woman, or an
1: Indian British Indian woman, which would have been really cool as well. Yes, but the door is getting open towards that.
0: Yeah. The door at least has been opened.
1: Yeah. I mean... It's no, still not perfect. It's no. It's still not great. Nope. But... But it's getting... The, it's moving in that direction because in Hollywood, just browbeating the people who are in charge of making yeah. these
0: decisions... And I don't think this means necessarily that people who want more diversity need to just you know sit back and be patient by any means. No, not at but right. you know I can still be and I can I can still be really enthused about this move and also be like you know it would be really cool if they had you know done more in diversity in racial diversity as well. You know you can feel more than one way about one thing. Speaking of which, <laughs> oh god, let's go there.
1: You know, speaking of douchebaggery, yeah, speaking you know, of douchebags, gonna douche. Pick pick up um, your balls, put them in your pocket, and there's the door.
0: Yeah, so earlier this week, James Cameron decided that what the world really needed... Was, was his another op- cisgender, heterosexual, older white dude Opinion Defining what counts as representation Yay,
1: thanks dude Because,
0: you know, that's exactly what we need from cisgender, heter- cisgender heterosexual, white dudes
1: Thanks dude Yes,
0: everyone is automatically just so interested in your opinion No thanks dude um, Yeah, so James Cameron said that he thought that Wonder Woman was a, quote, a step backwards in its portrayal of women
1: like, did you hear how women reacted to this movie? So, in his, he was giving an
0: interview, interview to The Guardian, and he said basically his focus was that in the movie Wonder Woman is a beauty icon and she's basically focusing on how pretty she is and he says one of the excerpts from his comments that's gotten around a lot is he says i'm not saying i didn't like the movie but to me it's a step backwards sarah connor was not a beauty icon she was strong she was troubled she was a terrible mother and she earned the respect of the audience through pure grit and to me the benefit of you know writer insert the benefit of characters like sarah is so obvious. I mean, half the audience is female. There are many women in power in Hollywood, and they do get to guide and shape what films get made. And of course, he's like, "How many times do I have to demonstrate the same thing over again?" It's like, "Yes, James Cameron, because you are a perfect at representation." Mm. Yeah. Meanwhile, he he talks for quite a bit about how Sarah Connor is not pretty and stuff like that. He is talking about his fourth ex-wife when he says that, because he and Linda Hamilton were married. And also, note that I said fourth. Ex-wife. He's had a couple more since then. Not talking about that. <laughs> I know. And like, as when Lillian, my friend Lillian, and who's been on The Luscious Lily, who has been on the podcast before, she actually sent me the link to this article on Facebook Messenger a few nights ago. And first, I mean, first I responded with a gif of someone being like, are you fucking serious? But also mentioned that like, you know, there's times when he like puts a lot of his feelings about women, particularly his ex-wives in his movies. Uh, like in the care, like in the abyss, when the two main characters are a divorced couple, and he, the male part of that couple basically just refers to her as the bitch, or such a bitch, quite a few times. It's like he's obviously using some feelings there, James. Um, and someone else I saw on the Daily Dot had pointed out that, like, when they were making Avatar, he specifically, he himself, in an interview, said specifically that he made sure that, like, they gave the female Navi boobs even though he admitted that they are not mammals.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: don't actually use their boobs for anything. But so they're they damn sure that they had boobs. Yeah. Cause lols, they wanted yeah. boobs. Yeah. So it's like James Cameron,
1: what the fuck? <laughs> now don't think this went uncontested. Uh no. No.
0: First by most of the by like the female internet. Yeah. We're just like, uh go fuck yourself. And then, Oh So Beautifully, by Patty Jenkins herself. Yes. There was a mic drop that just reverberated. Yeah, she responded by saying on Twitter... James Cameron's inability to understand what Wonder Woman is or stands for to women all over the world is unsurprising. As though he is a great filmmaker, he is not a woman. Strong women are great, but if women all have to always be hard, tough, and troubled to be strong, and we aren't free to be multidimensional or celebrate an icon of women everywhere because she is attractive and loving, then we haven't come very far, have we? Yeah. Boom.
1: Mic Drop dropped.
0: the mic. She says, I believe women can and should be everything just like male lead characters should be. There's no right and wrong kind of powerful woman. And the massive female audience who made the film a hit, it. Made the film the hit it is can surely choose and judge their own icons of progress. Blam boom. Cause yeah, it's I mean that's something that people have said about and I think part of I'm wondering if part of James Cameron's problem is that he's still thinking of strong female character in like the version of strong female character people were thinking of like 10 years ago. Yeah. Um. When because we didn't see women in action movies and stuff like that, so we were thrilled. The strong with female character, yeah, strong female character was someone who could kick ass. Yeah. Because women didn't get to do that. However, in the last few years, there has been a more nuanced version of strong female character that has come around. And like, basically, the important thing is that female characters, A, are, you know, prominent or leading the movie, and B, are allowed to be fully realized three-dimensional People
1: They have weaknesses. They can
0: have different weaknesses and different flaws. Some of them can be physically strong, some can be emotionally strong, some can be tough, some can be emotional, they can be loving, or they can be cold. You know, they can be all these things, which male characters get to be in movies. Because the main thing is treating the character like an actual human, or Amazon in this case. Yes, in this case. But, you know, as a a three-dimensional person with their own agency, which is also the important thing. And where they have their own interior motivations and story and dreams and fears and that sort of thing. And are not just drapery for the male. And are not just like, yeah, not just something not just there to further a dude's story. And, you know, and one of the things he said, like, you know, he also went on sort of about like, oh, she's objectified and all this in this movie and stuff like that. And I'm like, Dude, this was the least male gazy movie I have ever seen with a female superhero. Like, one of the things, like, I'm pretty sure I would have to see the movie again to be absolutely sure, but I am pretty sure that one of the things I remember about the movie which shows the difference between female director and female gaze and male director and male gaze is when she goes over the top into No Man's Land. The shot we get is a shot from in No Man's Land looking at the top of the ladder as she goes over the top of the trench. So you see her head and her face come up first, whereas a lot of dudes would have shot it from the bottom of the ladder, showing her going over, which, again,
1: probably would have shown strength, but also would have shown her butt. Yes. Now, another point for that movie. Mm -hmm. Remind me, in that movie, who was caught mostly naked?
0: (laughs) That would be Chris
1: Pine. That would be the dude, right? Yes. Who was asked, are you a a fair representation of the male species where you're from?
0: (laughs) And when thinking about it, too, like when they do the when they do the bit where she's like trying on different clothes and stuff, we only ever see her actually in the clothes. There's no moment where like she's getting hoisted up in a corset. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or even where, you know, he happens to look over and like accident. Oh, no, accidentally see her you know, half naked or where she like seemed where she's like, OK, let's get let me try this on then and like starts peeling off her. Yep. <laughs> off her clothes. There is none of that. The only time that's even close to that is that well, there's that one moment in, in what in London, I think, where she's about to take off the coat. and He's like, no, don't. And it's
1: really more because, you know, you're wearing armor.
0: Yeah. You're wearing bright. Well, and also because like she is. She's showing not wearing a
1: lot. She's showing. And leg. this is Edwardian England. Yes, this is like, Edwardian England.
0: He's like, nope, that will draw and he also because he's like, that will draw attention. And we don't want to draw attention right now. But yeah, so like James Cameron, go like
1: You know, there's the door. What ev's.
0: Go visit the Titanic again by tying yourself to a rock, please.
1: <laughs> well said. Okay, never mind. Moving on. Um
0: oh and speaking of Wonder Woman and
1: Justice League things. Did you did you like this? This is so adorable. This is really nice. Specialized photo shoot was done and uh I would say these kids range from between, let's say, four and seven. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. And Early it, young. each one was put into a member of the Justice League, sort of like... And we were talking like the full suit and photoshopped into the different posters. And it is beautiful! This is a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. And these are all kids. Uh, basically, it's, it was done by photographer Josh Rossi and... These are all kids who have fairly serious illnesses. You know, he wanted kids that had similar traits or stories as the superheroes that they were portraying, and that, you know, part of it is these are kids who are able to are attempting to overcome the odds through perseverance, which is as inspiring as anything yes, superheroes can do. It which makes is a superhero real, thing in and of real itself for them for them. So they basically created faux Justice League posters for each of the character each of the characters in the Justice League, but with the kids as Superman and Wonder Woman and the Flash. Oh, they're so cute.
1: And badass at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Tiny little badass. Look at tiny Aquaman. Aquaman's kind of my favorite, I gotta admit. They're so cute. Oh my god. They're so
0: adorable. Oh, and did anyone else here see... Did anyone listening get to see, like, the full totality of the eclipse? Were you in the path of totality? Which is one of those... Terms that I heard newscasters throwing yep. around all day as though they were total experts on this thing. And they're like, these are the buzzwords I learned like
1: yesterday. Yeah, I know. It sounds like a cyclops is going to come stomping through and, you know, your your town is basically going to be totaled. Yeah. Is what it sounds like. But yeah, we had an eclipse this uh, past week. Yeah, it- total, total solar eclipse. Anybody turn inside out or anything fun like that? <laughs>
0: Yeah, we couldn't see we couldn't see the the full eclipse here. We only got partial. I think it was like seventy percent coverage here. But I know people who you know traveled down to like Tennessee or South Carolina. I know uh, librarian Kate, who's one of my friends on Twitter and stuff. She they went down to South Carolina where the local fairgrounds was having a eclipse. total eclipse. T- Taylor, yeah, tailgate. That was it. Ah, that was the word that was trying to come out my mouth and at the same all all the syllables at
1: the same time. Um, they had a total eclipse tailgate party. Well, my friends that are doing the Harry Potter wedding, they uh, went to Casper, Wyoming, which is one mm-hmm. of their hometowns, towns. And uh, yeah, that was one of the high points for the, the totality path.
0: Yeah, that was where they that was actually one of the feeds I was watching because yep. I was watching it on, on I had it in the background live on my computer at work. Yep. And that was one of the NASA telescope feeds that I was watching. Which was pretty amazing.
1: For you and me, we're going to send out a party invitation now for April 8th of 2024. Yeah.
0: Because we are in the Path Path of Totality. Totality,
1: Seven years (laughs) from now. Yep. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. Party at the falls. Yep. Ooh, can you just imagine the photos of Path of Totality right over Niagara Falls? Yeah. Oh, the photos are going to be awesome. And the photos from this past one, especially by by NASA up in the uh, atmosphere... They are beautiful. Yeah.
0: I mean, and it was it was really awesome to watch, to see the footage both, to see the, the telescope footage, like just to see. I, I tuned in just before the full eclipse. So I saw that last little bit of light disappear and then poof, the corona just appear uh-huh. around the moon, which is amazing. And then like also I was watching a little later from CNN's feed in Nashville when the total eclipse passed over there. And it was amazing to see how dark it got. Yeah. Like it looked like nighttime nighttime. Yep. Like all the, the signs and stuff on the street near them were like lit up as though it was night. And it was amazing. My
1: friend in the Bahamas took a picture and sent it to me and says, does this not look like the eye of Sauron? (laughs) And I'm like, yes, but you don't have to make it sound so bad. (laughs) It's not there permanently.
0: Yeah, we actually, my co-workers and I in my department actually ran outside. Because we also, too, we work in the basement. So, like, we can't see what's going on outside usually. So, at one point, we all ran outside for a couple minutes, like, around the peak of the, the eclipse in our time zone. Not to look at the sun, because none of us had, a you know, eclipse glasses or anything. But just to see, like, outside. Because if the you difference. looked outside, it was, it was noticeably darker. Different. Yeah, I noticed um, it, too. I kind of compared it to, like, winter sun. Yeah. Where it's, you know, bright and sunny, or the sun is out and the, you know, the there's hardly any clouds in the sky, but you can tell there isn't as much that the light rays are weaker that are actually, you know, hitting, hitting your, your
1: eyes. And like colors of things around you are not as vibrant. Yeah. They're
0: dull. Except it was, you know, middle of August and it was like 35 degrees out and you were getting that weird winter sun sort of look. And I was like, this is, this is weird. <clears throat>
1: yes. That was how my brain was reacting when I was a year ago when I was at Harry Potter World and I was seeing fake snow, and I was sweating my ass off, and the brain was not reconciling the two. <laughs> but yeah, so if anyone has cool stories, let us know.
0: And hey, invitation for seven years from now.
1: Yep. Party at the falls!
0: <laughs> okay, so into Cravings, Covet, Covets, and Crushes. So I have another entry in Karen's Newbie Game Reviews. Okie dokie. Because I've I've been wanting to try this one for a while, um, and then finally actually bought it like a couple weeks ago. And oh my god, I love this game. The game is called Pillars of Eternity. It's a CRPG, so it's basically a computer RPG. It's basically like playing Dungeons and Dragons, except you're clicking on things to choose like spells and stuff like that, and you don't have to actually do the math yourself. And it has some very familiar music and voices in it. Does it? Yes. Because the reason, the whole reason I found out about this is because I think in the early episodes of Critical Role, at one point Matt mentions like, oh... And thanks to the creators, Obsidian, the creators of Pillars of Eternity, they've given me permission to use some of the music from the soundtrack as part of his background music. Mm -hmm. And so, like, listening to or watching Critical Role, I was hearing this music. And I was like, this music sounds amazing.
1: You are very music and score sensitive.
0: There was a couple where, like, I literally, like, I just stopped like where I heard one song and it's just like, cause it just hit me emotionally. And also sometimes like sometimes when I'm like writing or stuff like that, sometimes like music will just make me think of like a scene or a character or something. It did with this. But so I was like, I really want to hear, but after a while I was like, I really need this music. So I bought the soundtrack. And after a while I was like, I really love this music, but I also kind of want to hear it in context. So I started watching a couple let's plays of it. And that turned into, I really want to play this game. (laughs) And especially too, cause I, you know, the reason Matt I knew the reason Matt was able to get permission from them or had a, he had a contact with them, because Matt and Liam and Sam all do voices in Pillars of Eternity. Woo! Actually, two of the possible companions that you can have join your party are voiced by Matt. I'm done. <laughs> I'm sold. I may have to demonstrate this for you. Yeah, so you can have little, like, conversations. I don't have to go on an adventure. I
1: can just talk with him about what's in my pack, right? <laughs> I don't have to go on an adventure. We can just listen. You can to- just random talk to people. there will be, you know,
0: the same canned responses each time.
1: I know somewhere Margaret is, you know, is with me on this. Ooh. Okay, moving along.
0: But yeah, so the, I mean, the the game is really cool. You They have the whole... I mean, the first thing you do is you go through this whole character creation process, like with D anD D. So you can pick your character's race, you can give them a name, you can pick their class, and they can be like. Some of the stuff is the same as D anD D. Some of it is slightly renamed, I'm assuming for licensing reasons and stuff, or and also because some of them have you know given little explanations. You pick where your character is from, and they have like all these different places that are in this world that have all these backgrounds and like different backgrounds of the different races and stuff, and like. The story and the background information for it is so deep and so detailed. Ooh. Like there is this whole history of this world that you are playing in that is like, you know, there's so much of it to explore and to to delve into and
1: stuff. Oh. And you pick like your I need another time suck. Like I need <laughs> like I need two menstrual cycles. <laughs> and you can pick
0: like you 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 switch up your characters. You know, they they usually come with like start with pre-generated stats but then you can you can fiddle with them depending on how you want and the stats are based on your class and your race and stuff you can still sort of add or remove points and stuff in places and you know basically you have all these you have a main quest which has to do with this sort of sort of starts with having to do with this um people call it a curse That has come across the land where the the children of this this land are being born, but without souls. You know, trying to find out the reason for it and that sort of thing. But there are all kinds of like side quests and tasks and other stuff. And you can get party members, you know, you meet NPCs that become party members. And, you know, the more you explore and the more you talk to NPCs in the world, the more quests and, and side quests and stuff like that. Which is how you, it also gives you HP or XP, which lets you level up and stuff like that. And there's a whole like combat system so that you can like fight battles and stuff. But it's also really, there's some aspects that are really based in like heavier in the fighting sort of thing. And there's some that are heavier in the like talking to different
1: NPCs and stuff like that. Okay. And also sort of puzzle kind of thing. You know, I should be very careful (coughs) because you are the one that got me into Critical Role. And it was an (laughs) epic times, like there was nothing else in my life beyond clothing and feeding myself for a short while yeah I need to really be careful with you and your recommendations (laughs) I mean Michelle is my enabler when it comes to all things that are of quality yarny goodness I find out a lot of my my um high-end yarns via michelle but you are just my time suck enabler (laughs) yeah and i will warn people this is a
0: huge time suck holy shit it is a time suck there have been i haven't played a lot a huge amount of it yet because i have had to force myself not to because with my job i have to wake up at 6 a.m every morning and so there's only so late i can stay up but on there's been a couple weekends where like I have looked at the clock and it's suddenly two in the morning. And I'm like, oh, thank God, tomorrow's Sunday. (laughs) So I can sleep in. Because holy shit. Yeah. I mean, and like, even with the bit that I've played, played for quite a few hours, but like, I can tell there is tons more story and stuff to explore. Like, I've already bought the expansion (laughs) pack. Oh, God. Because I'm like, I want more story. (laughs) Um, And especially, too, because like... I should mention too, like I bought this um, Humble Bundle as kind of a monthly game subscription thing. So I'd been looking at buying this for a while, but like the, not Obsidian Studios who created, but but the publisher who then sort of bought it kind of jacked the price on it. And so the price was a bit more than I was wanting to pay. Um, But I just happened to go searching and being like, I wonder if they've dropped the price on that yet. Like they said they were going to. And I didn't find that. But someone mentioned, oh, hey, if you sign up for Humble Bundle's like subscription thing for 12 bucks, you can get this month, you can get Pillars of Eternity. That's good enough. And, like, the NBA, whatever Whatever, game, whatever, whatever. Like, Fuck it. Don't care about that. And, you know, other games would unlock as, as of a certain date. This was the one you could access first. But I was like, okay, 12 bucks just for Pillars of Eternity. That's fine with me. So I got that one. And I love it so much. It's super cool.
1: Maybe what I should do is listen to a few playthroughs while I'm painting my miniatures for a while. Yeah. Until, you know, things like Freelance <laughs> cools down because Freelance is what pays for my hobbies. Well, there's a, um, there's a YouTuber
0: called Splattercat Gaming that does uh, playthroughs of different games, including this one. And I really enjoy his playthroughs. Some people might find him too chatty, because he tends to, when there's not stuff going on in the game, he tends to talk a okay. lot. But, like, I don't mind that. I actually kind of like that. And then also, if you want to see a playthrough of it, you could always watch me doing it.
1: And when do you do it?
0: Well, because I haven't done one yet but i have started doing a few st- a bit of streaming of games on youtube on the one geek 2 youtube channel okay there is already a tutorial ish sort of thing for the long dark there is also part of the first episode of the long dark wintermute up that i streamed um and i am likely going to be doing some pillars of eternity <laughs> very likely oh lordy but so like i i've been doing it as as live streaming so they are they are archived on the on the YouTube channel, and I think it's youtube.com slash knit1geek2. If you search for, if you search YouTube for knit1geek2, you should be able to find our channel. But so what I've been doing is I've been doing it as live streaming. So far, no one has joined. But the videos for the ones I have already done are already up there. Okay. So you can see me freaking out when a wolf attacks me in- and... <laughs> In the long dark. And in future, like, I will be, I do tweet out when I'm doing live streaming on YouTube on the the Nit1 geek 2 account. And usually it's like a weekend night, like a Friday night or something like that. So keep an eye on that and you will see, you can see me playing some of these games. And some of the ones that'll be that I've been doing first are ones that I've already played or already played some of them. So, like, I'll already know what some of the mechanics and stuff are. So they're a bit more tutorial-ish. But I assume at some point I will also be doing, like, you know, games where I have just, where this is my first go. And also, if you you do catch the live streaming, there is the option for a chat as well. So, like, you can actually chat with me while I'm playing, which would be fun.
1: Now, also speaking of Matt Mercer, Critical Role, and all things D&D... In case people don't know, his Tell Dory campaign guide is out. Yes. They are going to be due... Um, they're already in the works for comic books for the adventures of Vox Machina before yes! they started showing the, um, the videos.
0: I want them so bad.
1: And what really perked my interest is, I you know, know. <laughs> the art book that is due to come out this fall. Hey, I'm just saying, people, Christmas is coming. Okay? <laughs> oh, don't all, worry, honey. Oh, well, that's all I'm saying. So... If any of you are, um, are Critters or no critters Or are, you know critters in kind You know those are things that Would maybe be good Christmas presents
0: Well and by the looks of it something else that might be A good Christmas present considering How much you were like
1: I want this on a poster I do want it but unfortunately <laughs> It's only just you know Legit art right now in a- An exhibition but I do want it on a poster Have you not seen this? No Okay then scroll and tell me your reaction God damn! Yeah, I want it on a poster. Do you? Yep. Yeah, this is this
0: artwork is as part of a the ad campaign for the the live action Wonder Woman film in Japan. There's been a art project with contributions from a number of different artists, including quite a few that are involved in anime. The latest one. Is from artist Yusuke Nakamura, and holy shit, his rendition of Wonder Woman from the film is amazing. It sort
1: of uh, crosses over what I would say (laughs) to be Art Nouveau and and and, uh, anime. Yeah, it's very much the you
0: know with the the circular background, almost like stained glass background, is very like Art Nouveau poster, and the way her hair is stylized but she is drinking tea and taking names. Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. That is what it is. Because she's basically like sipping a cup of tea while she deflects this huge bullet with one of her bracers and she's got a sword in hand, which is sparking lightning and her lasso of truth. And there's like all the
1: backgrounds show. There are lots of bits and pieces of her backstory. and
0: the First World War, the battlefield. It's amazing. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I want it. And yes, I can see why you want it.
1: I want it like I. I kind of want to hire Deadpool. Go and get that for me. I will pay you in tacos. <laughs> also, something
0: for people could consider this for holiday knitting for the
1: very much so because for the social
0: justice warrior in their
1: life. Um, because it, it's not that big of a project <laughs> that you can't get it done before Christmas time or cold time. Mm-hmm. You know, Christmas, Yule, Hanukkah, whatever you want. You know, or Happy December twenty fifth. You know, I have the day off of work day.
0: Yeah, designer Donna Drucanis has. Created a color, a pattern for the resist hat.
1: Now, I think earlier <coughs> in the year we talked about resist mittens. Yeah, and I don't know if this is actually is this by the same, by her as well. I don't think so. No. Okay. So we have resist mittens that we talked about earlier in the year. This is a resist hat also because it's done in a band. You could probably put in your own slogan or whatever it is that you feel very strongly about. But at the moment, resist is a very big. Positive. Oh cool. She also has a Black Lives Matter hat. (laughs) There you go, as an
0: example. So the chart so you can have like Black Lives Matter on your hat. Yeah, and says that the so the the band it says it has the color work to say resist on it. And then the symbols, the diagonal motif symbol that she uses is the American symbol for a resistor in electronics diagrams. Nice. So
1: Science! Cool. Science for the win. And it's a free pattern. You can find it on Ravelry. And Roughly 350 yards, bitches. I know you got that in your stash somewhere. Yeah, worsted weight. Fitted toque or slouchy hat. That will knit up relatively fast, so. And then
0: a site to possibly get stuff for the nerd in your life.
1: Oh my god, like I've got... We need
0: to go here. We do. We need to go here. There's
1: a new store in Toronto called Curiosa Society, and... It's only just recently opened, I mean, literally within the past... (laughs) 10 to 14 days. Yeah, and I'm
0: sure they have been absolutely, like, deluged with people coming in. Look at that ceiling! Oh, that's gorgeous. Look at that ceiling! Basically, I found about this through a post on, um, I think it was Blog To, where they said it was a Harry Potter-themed store. Uh-huh. It is basically, it's it does have a lot of Harry Potter stuff in it. It is also, it is called Curiosa Society Purveyors of Extraordinary Things. So they just have a lot of... They have some Harry Potter-themed stuff, and they also have just really interesting, unique stuff. Like, a lot of... look.
1: Oh, look at all those notebooks! Yep, leather-bound journals and notebooks, notebooks. and quills and... Oh, leather briefcases and and
0: like cool cards and oh that was preview night it looks like they had some sort of herbology cocktails uh it looks like a buffet like a buffet like cocktails but it has like there's a big pot which is all steamy uh, and like uh,
1: love, uh, pro- or probably dry ice. dry ice
0: yeah yeah and stuff to make it look all like potionsy and wax for wax seals mm-hmm. watches postcards looks like really cool candle holders here Paddywax Apothecary potions. They have, oh, their little golden snitch necklace.
1: Yeah, we have to go.
0: Yeah, there's a vintage school chart. Oh, like celestial chart, anatomy chart, like those old-fashioned, like, vintage um, charts that pull down. Yep. So yeah, it looks like they have a, also just a lot of really unique things and cool things, too. Soap, it looks like. Oh, there's a little... Little patch, little patch. You can get the where it's someone reading a book that says how cool to be a nerd or how to be a cool nerd. Oh yeah, that's probably actually what it says: how to be a cool nerd. One of the two. Apparently, they're going to have wands. It I looks say that when it amazing. gets when it
1: gets a little bit cooler. Oh yeah, when it gets a little bit cooler, we need to make a trip.
0: <laughs> have you filled out your Makuza application for a wand permit? These amazing prop replicas from Minimal Minimalima Design are so incredibly detailed. So you can have like little places where you tick off like hand it what hand do you use your wand core the provenance i've heard of, of some of these
1: wand cores
0: before troll. well i think they they just made them up for the still
1: but i think they're cool troll whiskers
0: yeah that's cute wampus cat hair yeah maybe when we go to scriptus good idea end of october right around halloween good idea
1: I'm going to be so broke by the time Christmas comes.
0: (laughs) Hey, as of six days ago, they were looking for someone to work part time. Looking for a part time sales associate with proven retail background. Yeah, it looks like a store from like Diagon Alley. I think they're still getting, you can find their website at www.curiosasociety.com At the moment, as they said, they're, they're getting the shop ready was an exhaustive labor of love. So our website will need a little more time to go live. But it's got their hours and their address and links to their Facebook and Instagram.
1: I would recommend then, the Instagram, uh, the Instagram account because it has it's what has all of the pretty pictures on it. Yeah,
0: and we should mention one of our knitting group members, Sydney, has a podcast Yay! that we
1: should mention.
0: She hosts the Spinning Woolly Yarns podcast, um, which you can find at y- spinningwoollyyarns.com. and there's two L's in woolly. Or you can also find it on YouTube. And yeah, she's up to like twenty three episodes. And she basically like, you know, shows what she's working on and what she, you know, stuff that she's acquired and what she's finished and that sort of thing.
1: Um, and also just, you know, usually does like a little like discusses whatever she feels like. Sydney has brought some of her works in progress to Knit Night and she is a very accomplished knitter.
0: Yeah, you should really see there's a, a shawl she's doing out of the blue brick Mm-hmm. Gradient, yeah, uh, The Pride Gradient, which is gorgeous that she's working on. But yeah, so it's a nice little podcast and it's like half an hour long each episode, I think. So. Okay. so yeah, go find
1: that. And this is just putting something out there and not for immediate action at the moment, but because it does take a while to coordinate, wanted to put it out there. Does anybody out there in the world, in the listening world, want to do the whole Christmas swap this year? or whatever you want to call it, swap, you know, winter swap, Christmas swap, Secret mm-hmm. Santa swap, whatever, because that does take a while to or- organize. I am not going to, uh, how do I put this nicely? <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to mandate that a will be the moderator, because that would be mean <laughs> to do to her on the internet. Yeah. But uh, it's still sort of...
0: You know, this is still sort of being like, are people interested? Yeah, are
1: people interested in doing this?
0: Like, there's still, like, definitely no, like, certain plans at the moment. And I think because there's definitely no certain plans at the moment, like, we would probably probably be, like, kind of smaller than, say, like, the last one we did, just because, you know, it'd probably be, like,
1: shorter notice sort of thing. Right. So still enough time for you to uh, coordinate what you wanted to do in the package and enough time for us to create the crazy list of what goes to who mm-hmm. um, and get it out because I would really hope that to get these packages in the mail before December 1st hits, because let's face it, mail after December is just like nuts Yeah, out. You know,
0: or, you know, best definitely set like an upper limit, Yeah, upper size limit on say, like we could even say like set an upper size limit on the size box okay. that you can use. Um, Basically just because I know around... By about Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, the postal system gets fucking insane. Yes. Especially around Black Friday. So, like, sort of little, you know, just nice little surprise. So, hey, just letting you guys know, it's Karen. Um, I've chopped up this section a little bit because, you know, we I said stuff. And then, like, <laughs> because of Fan Expo craziness and work craziness and allergies kicking my ass this year, I didn't actually get it, you know, edited for quite a while. I didn't want to, you know, put in anything about, like, you know, possible due dates that i had suggested at the time which i'm like yeah no it's not gonna happen uh during the time i was thinking so possible alternate would people be interested in doing this sort of thing for after christmas i mean i know after christmas people on the one hand people are probably just like oh so like drained from the holidays uh for those of you that celebrate christmas or hanukkah or other holidays around that time uh i know sometimes after the holidays, one can feel kind of drained and probably not want to do something like a like a swap. But then at the same time, like, it's a nice little treat to look forward to during the doldrums of, well, winter here in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and that way you don't really need to think about it until after, like, all the, the holiday craziness is over. Because, I mean, at this time of year, if we plan for December 1st, like, People are also trying to get gifts and trying to plan meals and trying to like going nuts, especially if in this for listeners in the States who also have Thanksgiving around that time. And it also then allows the, the holiday craziness of the postal system to go away. Because I think the last time we did a swap, like it seemed like after anything that was posted after like mid-November took forever to arrive to most of the recipients. If people managed, there was like a beginning of November. Sort of thing. Things were arriving really quickly, and then, like after a certain point, it didn't matter where you were sending it from; things just took forever to to arrive because of holiday craziness. So, what did people think about after, like early twenty eighteen? Let us know. Okay, back to the episode.
1: If there are people who are interested, and even if there are only like twenty people interested, and you know that's ten or whatever, that's perfectly fine. Yep. Just want to know if people are interested and if they want to do this.
0: Yep. Okay. Yeah. Just let us know. Okay, I think that's it.
1: I need to drink something because my voice is getting scratchy. By the next time we record, we will have gone to the Kitchener-Waterloo Knitters Fair. Yes,
0: I'm thinking of that. Is there anything you were looking for at KW?
1: I am probably going to have to get more of Brooklyn Tweed, just because. (coughs) And I want to get some yarn that might be good for weaving. Mm -hmm. I still have a fairly good yarn stash. For projects like hats and socks and things like that. But I want to get more of a weaving stash, which means I need more for the warp. Yeah, But, you know, that's sort of like I'll go with the intention to look. If it's not there, I won't be devastated. Yeah. Type of thing.
0: Yeah, I have no definite plans at the moment. Though I have seen little previews that Kim from Indigo Dragonfly have been, post- has been posting <laughs> on Instagram of colorway she's making up for the... Kitchener Waterloo Knitter's Fair, which is pretty fucking amazing looking. So that's always a thought. Yeah. I need to take another deeper look at like who the vendors are. They should have that list up.
1: Yeah, they do have the list up because I've been browsing it throughout the week.
0: So I need to take another look at who the vendors are and like then sort of see what they might have available. I'm going to go. But I mean, it's not like I don't have lots of yarn already.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go do a bunch of freelance so that I have some money to spend at Kitchener Waterloo Knitter's Fair. (laughs) 'Cause you know, if I actually do get around to well, I uh I finished the husband sweater in brackets, very not likely. <laughs> now I gotta do the elfling sweater, which means I gotta buy another chunky chunka chunky chunky yarn. Yeah. Although his is going to be a lot smaller Yes. Than the husband. Yes. Cause he's dead. Yes. So yeah, so if you see, like I said, if you, if you
0: see us at the Kitchener World Knit is fair, come say hi. Me. If you manage to spot me at Fan Expo, which will be a lot harder because there's like 120,000 people that go to that show or something like that. But yes, if you manage to spot me, come say hi.
1: You should be walking through with your basket and knitting and that would make you easier to spot because not too many people <laughs> do that. True. I can use that to, to knit while
0: walking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some can't come say hi. We do not bite unless asked very nicely. Yep. Um, and you have to have all your shots. Yep, And I do give hugs as long as like I know people actually want them to start with. I might not initiate hugs, but I am perfectly fine with getting getting hugs. So we hopefully some of you will be able to see there. And other than that, we'll just see you guys on the internet. Bye! Okay. Bye! Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes on iTunes or at our blog, where you can also see our show notes and comment. That's at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. K-N-I-T 1 g-e-e-k-2 dot m-t dash p-o-c-k-e-t-s dot o-r-g you can also find us on Twitter and Periscope at knit1geek2 you can contact us at knit1geek2 at gmail.com and search for a group on Ravelry using knit1geek2 there you'll find other knitters who enjoy geeky stuff that you can squeal along with and also where you can find updates on new episodes and remember in space no one can hear you squee. little zombie uh, skeleton
1: says roar Wow, <laughs> That's really <in> the of the outtakes.